I think we're at a point where time to begin to build. We've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been calling out to God. Things have been changing in your life. Spiritual truths are being revealed. We talked Wednesday night about walking in a new identity. That you're not who you used to be. That the old person has gone away. The new person has come. You've got new revelations, new ideas. It's very important for me to stand before you this morning and be able to bring the word to you. It's very humbling. It's humbling to receive a gift. There's many times, I think, in my life ever since I was 16 year old, 16 years old, and I realized that I Like many of us do, and many of you guys do. I left home before I graduated high school. I didn't live in my home when I graduated high school. I chose to be out on my own, go my own way. I chose to go my own path. And it's very humbling to see how that path brought me back to God. That path brought me back to my original design and intent. How that path, I believe, helped bring me into my future. I think it's time for us to in our future. Is this just going in and out, or is it just me? Or do you want me to use the, the handheld mic? You know, when, you, when you're under the anointing of God, I mean, things just kind of can get fuzzy and you're just kind of, you don't know if it's your glasses or you don't know if it's they need to be cleaned. You don't know if it's the tears in your eyes. You know, your sound may go in and out. If, those of you know what I'm talking about. And that's how I feel today. But I've got a word today. I believe that it's a strategic time in the kingdom. It's a strategic time for us to advance. It's a strategic time for us to begin to build for a future. Do you know that you have a future? I think our kids need to know that there is a future. I think our adults need to know that there is a future. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to take a couple scriptures out of Genesis chapter 6, and, and I want us to look at that. But first, let me just pray and submit my entire being to God. God, it's overwhelming. You're an overwhelming God. God, there's many people here today that need to see that they have a future. No matter what their current situation, no matter what their current circumstances are, God, show them their future today. Give them a glimpse 
of what you have for them. God, I submit myself to you. I'm not a man of eloquent speech. I'm not a man of well education and academia. But I do love you, Lord. I want to be a man of your power. I want to be a man of your wisdom. I want to impart that today to your people, God. God, I thank you and I submit myself to you today. In Jesus' name. I want to apologize, but I'm not going to apologize for the Spirit of God. I'm not going to do that. In Genesis chapter 6, God came to Noah. I want to look at verses, Genesis chapter 6, I think it's verses 14 and 15. God came to Noah and he began to start speaking to Noah. And it was a time where it had never rained on the earth. It was a time where God was wanting to preserve your future. He was wanting to preserve the future of Israel. He was wanting to preserve the future of his people. In verse 14, it says this. He spoke to Noah and he said, Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood and you shall make the ark with rooms. And shall cover it inside and out with pitch. That's a tar um, substance that helps seal. They use it a lot on roofs. They use it a lot on roads. Verse 15 says, this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark will be 300 cubits, the breadth 50 cubits, and the height 30 cubits. God began to speak to Noah, and he said, you know what? I want you to do something that nobody's ever done. I want you to build this ark. I want you to build this because your future is at stake. And I believe we're at a strategic time right now here that your future is at stake. Well, I'm going to have a future as long as I, I live and I, I grow. I mean, there, you know, there is tomorrow is going to come. I want you to realize and understand that God wants to f- you to fulfill your plan. He wants you to fulfill your purpose. He wants you to fulfill your destiny. He wants you to fulfill those things that he has ordained before the beginning of the time for you to walk therein. He told him to pr- pr- provide and, and, and begin to start building for the flood that's coming. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's a physical flood coming on the face of the earth. But how many of us have experienced the flood hitting our houses? We've experienced that in the natural. We've experienced it even in the spiritual. By faith, Noah began to prepare. By faith, he began to build. And I believe it's a word of God for you today that by faith, today, we begin to build. 
We've talked about putting our past behind us. We've gone through some reconciliation. We've gone through forgiveness issues. We've dealt with those things that would hold us and to keep us back. And how long do we have to deal with those issues? We have to deal with them till they're gone. How long do we have to do reconciliation with the natives until something gets a breakthrough? How long do we do a reconciliation with the, with the blacks when something gets a breakthrough? How long do we do a reconciliation with a brother and a sister until we get the breakthrough? I believe it's time for us to move forward. A lot of times we can get stuck right where we are. We can get just held right where we are, suspended right where we are. But I believe today is a strategic time, and and this word is a strategic word for us to begin to build. God told Noah, build this. Not only to preserve the animals, but preserve Israel. Preserve his family. I wrote down a couple questions. I said, are you building your life properly? Are we building our lives properly as we move forward, as we advance? Are we doing the right things? Are we building with the right materials? Are we using something that's going to last? Are you building your family properly? Do you have the right foundation? Are we using the right materials? It's time for us to be serious with God. It's time for us to really get off the fence and turn our lives around. And I know that many of us are headed in that right direction. But there's some of you here today that are on that fence that I believe God's speaking to you to get off that fence and to start building for the future. God's trying to warn us. There's a storm ahead. Are you building to overcome the storm? Are you building to withstand the storm? I began to start thinking about the storm financially, and I just praise God for you. We've paid off over $260,000 of personal debt since the first of the year. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Amen. You have. You are. There's many of you that, are, that have shared with me how you're beginning to walk in freedom. How all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the finance company calling you at 10 o'clock at night wanting their payment. What are you building today? God spoke to Noah and he said, I want you to build me an ark. I want to preserve your family. I want you to make it in a way that it will withstand the storm. And what in your life do you have to change? What in our lives do we have to do with and do without in order to be changed and to be transformed? What are you building here today? What what are you building today? What are you working on? What are you constructing? What are we erecting? I remember when I was little, I had one of them little erector sets. You know, you had the little... Some of y'all don't know because especially the kids, they were like, a what? You know, they had little nuts and bolts, and you really got to use some things with your hands because you could build all sorts of things. You could build a crane, and it had a string, and you could actually, you know, you could, it would actually pick up something, and you could move it around and drop it off, just kind of like the real stuff you saw. 
What are we constructing today? What are we erecting? Do you know that God made you to be a builder? Say, I'm a builder. You're not only a climber, but you're a builder. And God made you to be a builder. He didn't make you to be a complainer. He didn't make you to be a whiner. He didn't make you to be a murmurer. He didn't make you to be a griper. Come on, somebody. He made you to be a builder. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a builder. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a builder. Because God made you to be a builder. He, he made us to be builders. You can't be truly happy in the things of God and following God for your life unless you realize that God has called you to build something. He's called you to build. He's called you to build yourself. The temple of the Holy Spirit dwells within you. We have got to forget our past and move into a new future. We've got to put the things behind us and reach ahead for the things that are ahead. You got to walk forward. You got to move forward. You got to take another step. You got to sing another song. You got to pray another prayer. You got to cry another cry. You got to stand another stand. You got to walk in faith and and begin to, to step up in the spiritual realm as well as the natural realm. It's no accident that Jesus was raised as a carpenter. It's no accident that that's his heritage, that that is the family business because it's God's way of showing us that he's building a business. It's God's way of showing us that we are to be builders ourselves. You're a builder. I thought about, I thought about a few years ago, we did the extre- God's Extreme Home Makeover. Do you someone remember that? And we, I had some construction stuff on the stage and Bless Wayne's heart, he came in that morning and thought, oh, man, they've been working on stuff. He started tearing it all down and was going to take it all back. I forgot to tell him it was my fault. He said, man, what a mess. i got to clean all this up and get the guys together and let's get all the stage cleaned up. I'm sure when Tatum walked in and saw it, he was like, oh, my word, what is going on? What did they do? If they can build a house in seven days, why does it take us 14 or 20 or 25 years to get right with God? Hello? As long as you live in guilt and condemnation, you will never build anything. As long as you allow your past to keep you from your future, you will never get over your past and you will never walk into the future. Not the future that God has for you. You know what? I've heard somebody say recently. He said, well, we're just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I thought, yeah, that's good. I like that. But then every time I keep reading in the Bible, they're extraordinary people. Joseph was an extraordinary person. Well, he was just a little old boy, but there was something inside him that God rose him up, that no matter what happened when he was thrown in the pit, he still began to rise. When he was thrown in jail, come on, somebody, he still began to rise. Then all of a sudden, he was in Egypt, and he was the second one in charge of Egypt. There was nobody in the land higher than him except for Pharaoh, the king himself. He was extraordinary. I I want you to know that you may have come from an ordinary background. You may be like me. My father was a bricklayer for 16 years. We lived in upstate New York. 
He was out many months of the year because of snow or because of weather. We may have come from an ordinary background, but when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I became extraordinary. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, he is talking about you. You are an extraordinary person. We've got to begin to start saying, hey, I'm clothed with the righteousness and the holiness of God, and he has designed me. I mean, we serve. I don't serve an ordinary God. I serve an extraordinary God. Come on, somebody. I serve the God, the Lord, the King. And he's extraordinary. And he's created you in your image, in his image, and in his likeness. And you are an extraordinary being. <laughs> oh, I don't know about you today, but I can see some faith beginning to rise up because you're extraordinary. Say that. I'm extraordinary. Say it again. Come on, everybody. I'm extraordinary. You need to know that today. You need to hear that today. You are an extraordinary person. Extraordinary. Not just ordinary, but extraordinary. You're different. You are different. Somebody say, I'm a builder. Somebody needs to say, I'm a builder. You know, somebody needs to tell somebody that you're a builder. Tell them, say, I'm a builder. I don't know about you. I'm a builder. I'm, I'm a builder. I know you might get frustrated. I know you might think you're in a rut. You go to work. You come home. You watch TV. You go to bed. You go to work, you come home, you watch TV, you go to bed. You go to work, you come home, you watch TV, you go to bed. You go to work, you come home, you watch TV, you go to bed. God wants us to begin to start breaking out of the rut. He wants to start breaking out into the things that he wants us to do, and that's to be a builder. He designed you to be a builder. He wants you to build, and, and that's what he told Noah. He said, I want you to build me an ark. I want it to be solid. I want, the, the, I want it to last. I mean, Noah didn't know what that boat was going to have to go through. He didn't know what that was going to have to take. Do we get to the point where we just exist? To get to the point where we just go through the motions? God wants us to put our past behind us. God wants you to be a builder. He wants you to begin to build something. Build something. Build a battle cry group. Build a family. Build a godly marriage. Build good relationships. Build a prayer life. Come on, somebody. Spend some time in the Word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And you, many of you have, have heard this, but I want to bring it to you again today. Matthew chapter 7. Does anybody know the position that Jesus was in when he spoke Matthew chapter 7? Was he in the lowlands or was he in the mountain? He had gone up to a higher place. We had talked about transforming your mountain, uh, you know, being transformed in God's image and his likeness and, and, and walking the transfer, climbing your mountain of transformation. At this time, Jesus was not speaking to the people in the lowlands. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he brings the Beatitudes, and he was speaking from a higher point. So here today, guess what? God is speaking to you something from a higher plane because you're here today. You climbed out of bed this morning. <laughs> you climbed into the shower this morning or climbed to the coffee pot and got you a coffee. You, you began to climb in your, your, your closet and begin to put some clothes on. Praise the Lord because you're a climber. 
You climbed out of your car here today or out of your truck here today or climbed off your bicycle here today. I don't know how you got here today, but I want you to know that you're beginning to build something because you were willing to come in and hear something today. So let's listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is going to say to the church today. Matthew chapter 7. I want to look at verses 24 and 25 first. Say, I'm building for my future. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, verse 24, and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Let me say it again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to the wise man who built his house upon the rock. In this teaching that Jesus gave, he had already talked about the the Beatitudes. He had already talked about being salt and light. He taught about the law. He taught about anger. He taught about money finances. He taught about lust. He taught about divorce. He taught about the vows. He taught about retaliation. He taught about loving your enemies. He taught about giving to the needy. He taught about prayer. He taught about fasting. He taught about money. He taught about worry. This is what he has already laid down as a foundation that he was teaching about. He taught about criticizing others. He taught about the principal kingdom of asking, seeking, and knocking. Now, Jesus has his disciples, and and, and he's teaching them about the fruit in people's lives. And all of a sudden, he comes to this parable. This is the last parable in this chapter before he comes down out of the mountain before he comes down off the holy hill. And he says, if you hear these words of mine and you do them, you act on them, you're going to be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. My dad, my dad, my dad, uh, he used to to have a saying, you know, when when you'd crack something, he'd call you a Weisenheimer. Anybody ever heard that? It might be more of a Yankee term, but It was a Weisenheimer. Well, you know, the Spirit of God just said, you know, he spoke that into my life, but he didn't know how he was speaking it into my life because the Bible says that if you hear these words and you act on them, that you will become a wise man. Maybe a Weisenheimer. Huh? I don't know. I guess we could make it fit if we wanted to. But I like it. You're a wise man. You're a wise man. If you hear the word today, if you hear the word and you begin to build for your future, and you take the principles for the kingdom of God, and you begin to move forward, the Bible's going to call you a wise man. (laughs) You are a wise man or a wise woman. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're wise. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're wise, because you're wise. Look at verse 25. He says, and the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, slammed against that house, and yet it fell to pieces. What? What does it say? It did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Oh, I'm here to tell you today that there are going to be some storms in your life. There are going to be some winds that are going to blow. There are going to be some rains that are going to fall. (laughs) 
But if you're, if you're on the solid rock, if you've got that foundation on Jesus Christ, let it blow, baby. Let it blow. It's going to be your attitude, that same attitude that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had when they said, hey, king, throw us into the fiery furnace. It doesn't matter if we perish or if we not. We're not bowing down to you. Our God's going to take care of us, and if he doesn't, so be it. And if he does, so be it, because we're not bowing down to you. They had that kind of attitude, that kind of attitude. There are going to be some storms Are you building your life properly so when the storms do come that you're rooted and grounded? Is your root system, is your tap root gone deep or does it need to go deeper? Ooh, hallelujah. Does it need to go a little bit deeper? Whatever storms come in your life, are you ready to handle them? Are you bracing yourself when the storm comes, I'm battening down the hatches? Many of you have heard me say before, Hurricanes are getting a little closer to Oklahoma, aren't they? Watonga had a hurricane not too long ago, high winds. It rains sideways. I've been through many hurricanes in my life physically. And there were times where you battened down the hatches. Yeah, there were times where I taped my windows up. Had big uh, 18-foot glass windows, right, Joel? Remember that one carport was enclosed in glass and had to take tape and put a big X on that glass in order because if it did shatter or break, it wouldn't fly all over the place. There's been times where we had to board up things and board up windows and take a screw drill and drill screws and over your windows and plywood board because you know what? The hurricane was coming. We would batten down the hatches. There, there are They're sailors that have set a course, and if they're going through a storm, they'll they'll look at it and see, yeah, how can I avoid the storm? But there are times that the storm is so big, they can't avoid it. What do you think they do? They don't turn around and go back to port. They begin to start battening down the hatches. They say, batten down the hatches. We're going to go through. Bring the throttle back a little bit more. We're going to back off on the knots that we're traveling, and we're going to start going through. I want you to secure everything that needs to be secured because we are going to go through the storm. And you need to tell somebody, I'm going through. Come on, tell somebody, you're going to go through. You're going to stay there because your feet are on a solid rock. Jesus was using this example, this parable, this principle in the kingdom of God that says, you know what, if you hear these words, if you hear them and be a doer, James came back and he says, faith without works is dead. He says, you've got to be a doer of the word of God. We got to be a doer. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a doer. And if you're a doer, then you're a wise man. I mean, you're a wise man. Think about that. You're a wise man. You're a wise woman. Well, you don't understand. I don't have it all figured out. I don't either. But I know if I stay in the Word of God, I know if I pull the principles for the kingdom of heaven, I will advance. I will begin to move forward. Come on, give the Lord a hallelujah. He is worth it. Amen. Let's look at Matthew verses 26 and 27. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and what? Does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and it was a great fall. I mean, it just didn't get knocked over. It got destroyed. Now, if you're building your life on the principles and the formulas 
and the doctrines of men, you're headed for a great fall. But if you build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You know, you, you're building on the right foundation. You're building on the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's going to be all right. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're building on Christ, it's going to be all right. So you're going to be all right. So you, you take the word of God and you begin to start building on it. And I believe it's time for us to begin to build in our future. There's some of us that are in neutral. Put it in gear. There's some of us that got it in gear, but we haven't put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> put the pedal to the metal. Give it a little bit of gas and it'll begin to move. <laughs> Give it a little bit of fire and, oh, she'll go. Just put that baby in drive and, and start driving that thing. Grab a hold of the steering wheel. And you know what? I had my, this was a few years ago, many years ago. Joel was little. Joel was, he's a big guy now, but he was little back then. And we were at a farm, and, and I got my van stuck because I was out in some back 40 acreage, and, and I got my van stuck. Neil, you know what that's like. I'm sure you've had some vehicles stuck in your life. So I went and got this tractor, and it was a, a, it was a huge Massey Ferguson, 110-horsepower tractor, just huge. And Joel was seven, six or seven years old. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get my van? So I said, son, you just wait right here. And I walked all the way out of that field, got that tractor, and came back, got the chain, hooked it up, put him on that tractor. I'm, tell <laughs> I'm telling you what, he was, where is Joel? Are you all right, brother? Okay. But you remember this? I put him on that tractor. He wasn't as big as the front tire. And I said, you get on that seat and you hold that wheel. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in gear. And I went back into the van. See what I mean? Because I had to still give it some gas on the van so it would get out. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was pretty awesome. I looked at that. That little guy was on there. He was holding that steering that tractor. I put that thing in gear, and it started to creep. It started to creep. I mean, it was just in first gear. I mean, it was low, low first, you know. It began to start creeping out, and sure enough, pulled that van right out. So now what am I going to do? I got my van unstuck, and I got the tractor over there. I said, okay, we, we got out, we put, we put it in, in, uh, it, it, it put the brakes on and put it in neutral or whatever. And I said, okay, Joel, I'm going to unhook the van and I'm going to drive back to the barn. And then I'm going to walk back and get you. And this probably was, I bet he was on that tractor 10 minutes. And I put that baby in gear. I said, all you got to do is just hold that baby straight and you'll keep going. And I, I put that thing in gear and I took the van, drove all the way to the farm to the barn and I walked back and there he was on that tractor. You talk about the, a man no bigger than a minute. He wasn't any bigger than a minute. He was on that tractor, but he was holding on to it and he was moving forward. Oh, come on, somebody. You might have to put it in low, low, but you're going to have to start moving forward as you're building for the kingdom of God, as you're advancing the kingdom of God. You just got to put that thing in gear. No matter how old you are or no matter how young you are, you can begin to build for your future. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a builder. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm a builder. I know you might get a bad report from the doctor, but I want you to know that if you're building for your future, God's going to get you through it. 
I know you might got a, got, got a report that your son or daughter just got thrown in jail, but I want you to know that he will get you through it. I want you to know that your spouse may have just walked out the door, but I want you to know that you hold upon the things of God and you are going to get through it. Amen. I want you to know that as you continue to move forward in the things of God, you might be able to get a, a report that, you know what, that you've got a disease that you don't even know if you can get rid of. And God says, hey, all things are possible to him that believes. You will get through it. You're going to begin to start moving forward. You're going to begin to start building. It's a time for us to be building. It's a time for us to be gathering the materials to start building. I believe that the materials are already there. You might have a loved one that has died, but I want you to know that you're going to get through it. I want you to know that some of you may have been downsized in your job, but you're going to get through it. God has a plan. God has a purpose, and he has a way. Whether you know it or not, a storm will hit your house. Whether you know it or not, if you're rooted and grounded on the things of God, you can begin to build for your future. I mean, that's we, we got to begin to start preparing and building now. We don't need to wait. I'll wait, preacher. I'll wait another 10 years, and then I'll start building the things of God. I'll, I'll wait another five years, and, and then maybe I can begin to build. No, 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 no. We got to prepare now. Somebody say now. You got to prepare now. Don't wait, because what you're, what you're doing now will show up five years from now. They say that the things that you are right now are the things that you've read, studied, put in your mind, into your spirit five years ago. Are you with me? You become that. You become. So what do you want to be? What is it that you want to do? What are the things that God wants you to build? You need to begin to prepare now. You need to get full of God's word now. You need to get in church now. You need to start studying now. You need to hear the word of God now. Come on, somebody. You need to begin to forgive now. You need to put your past behind you We need to develop a prayer life. You need to start building for your family. I heard an analogy one time saying, the devil's coming up the driveway. You better be prepared for him now. Because when he's coming up the driveway, Jason, you don't need to say, oh, hold him off a little bit. I'll go down to the basement and start pumping iron. I got to get built up, Jeremy. He's coming. He's in the driveway. No, you need to be built up now. So when he starts coming up the driveway, you kick the door open and say, what you think you're doing? <laughs> you can't pass by that bloodline. The angels of the Lord are going to send you somewhere else. Flex a few muscles, pull up your pecs, do all that other good stuff. Come on, y'all. I need to get the little guys in here. They'll show you how it's done. You need to do it now. Somebody say now. We got to begin to prepare now. We got to begin to read now. We got to begin to study. We got to begin to pray. We got to begin to climb your mountain. Don't wait to climb your mountain. Don't wait. Well, I wait. I wait till things get right. I had a brother one time tell me, "Oh, I got to wait till I get my life right before I give it to God." You need to give your life to God. <laughs> I don't know of any fisherman that cleans his fish before he catches them. God always catches the fish first and then cleans them up. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Tell them they're getting clean. You're getting clean. Oh, yeah, you're going to be clean as a whistle. But I want you to know it's time to start building right now.
Let me give you some things of what will happen. What will happen when I start to build? Let me give you some things of what happens when you start to build. Write this down because it's very important that when we gather together, when we come together, that you make some notes. And why is that important? I'll tell you why. Because God is going to bring somebody across your path to minister to. And you don't need to be calling me and saying, well, well, what was that one again? What will happen when I start building? Well, I need those five things. Would you give them to me? You're going to be able to use it. So when we gather together, it's going to be like the school of ministry. When we gather together, it's like seminary. When we gather together, it's like coming together and learning the Bible together. And you're gonna, God's going to use you to minister to this to somebody. Somebody soon. I don't know when, but you need to be prepared. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to write these things down. When you start building, here's what's happened. Here's what happens. First of all, things change. Say that. Things change. When you start building, things begin to change. We were able to build a house in the natural, and I'm telling you, I could go by there every day, and things changed. Are things changing in your life daily? As you're a builder, things are going to begin to start changing in your life daily. Number two, the second thing that I want you to put down is that you start feeling better about yourself. When you start building something, man, you can say, oh, that's looking good. That looks good. It's coming along. I just got the little, you know, foundation poured, and I'm ready to start putting up the walls, and I I got the the walls all chalk-lined out on the foundation. I've got my plan together. And you start feeling better about yourself. You start feeling good about yourself. So what happens is, number one, things begin to change. Number two is that you start feeling better about yourself. And number three, people begin to respect you. Well, they don't respect me. You start building something, they'll start respecting you. You start gaining information. You start gathering information, gaining wisdom on how to get out of debt. Listen, and you start breaking loose and getting out of debt. (laughs) they will start respecting you. They'll say, wait a minute, Bob did it. How did Bob do it? Bob, how'd you do it? Little by little, everything changes. Little by little, he that gathers little by little gathers wealth. Little by little, I paid off that bill. Little by little, I began to start using the, the finances that came through my hand in a more prosperous, better way, biblically. Little by little, things began to change. How'd you reconcile with your Aunt Martha? You and her have been sideways for 20 years. Little by little, God began to start working on it. Little by little, I began to start extending forgiveness. Little by little, she started receiving forgiveness. Little by little, things began to change, and all of a sudden, people began to respect you. Men, how many of y'all would like to be respected? Yeah, three of us. <laughs> Women, how many of y'all want to be respected? Oh, yeah, there's, you know, seven, 12, 15, 18, 22. Things change. You start feeling better about yourself. People begin to respect you. And this other one, you know what happens? People start treating you differently. They start treating you better. Some instances. Some instances they may not treat you as good because there's jealousy. You're starting to break out. You're starting to do the things of the Word of God. You're starting to walk in victory. Look at that. People begin to start treating you differently. When you build, 
opportunities begin to come your way. When you get off the couch, when you break out of the rut, when you start to build something, opportunities come your way. Oh, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you there was times where I wasn't doing much building. And then when I started to build, opportunities began to come. All of a sudden, my finances began began to be loosed. All of a sudden, I had opportunities to do some things that I wouldn't have had before. All of a sudden, my self-esteem started rising. Come on. I started feeling more confident about myself. I started feeling better about myself. I started being able to loose the things inside of me. My gifts and my talents started coming forth because all of a sudden I was a builder. I started to gain confidence. Somebody say confidence. you got to start gaining confidence in yourself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. I like that little engine that could or the little caboose that could or the whatever it is. I can, I can, I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, 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 I can do this. I can build something. I can start with my family. Oh, you don't know what my family's a mess. I don't know how to parent my kids. You start building something, something's going to shift. You start building something, gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, starting applying the principles, standing on the Word of God. They might be going in the other direction, but God says, no, I'm turning things around for your good. I'm working things behind the scene for your good. They might look like they're headed to jail. They're going to be the worst person that ever could have lived on the face of the earth. God says, no, no, I have a plan. I have a destiny. I have a purpose, and things are beginning to change because you're building for your future. Say, I'm a builder. I'm a builder, man. I don't know what this, this stuff just rising up in me, but I think it's time for us to begin to move forward. I think it's time for us to begin to start putting that tractor in gear, put that car in gear, put your truck in gear, your backhoe, your dump truck, whatever it is that you've got, you start putting it in gear and you start moving forward because it's time to build. It's time to build for your future. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's time. Turn to 2 Kings. I want us to look at verses 7, or chapter 7, 2 Kings chapter 7. I'm just going to touch base on this really quick. Chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. Now, there were four lepers, men, at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why do we sit here and die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine in the city, then we will die there. If we sit there, we're going to die also. Now, therefore, come and let us go to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, we'll die. Here's the situation. The lepers were outside the city gate. They weren't really allowed to come in. There was a famine in the land, and people were dying. They were dropping like flies. And the lepers said, hey, if we go inside there, we're going to die. If we sit here at the gate, we're going to die. But I believe that the Arameans are camped not too far away from here, and we're going to go visit the Arameans. What's the worst that could happen to us? They would die. That's the worst that could happen. If they go in, they're going to die. If they sit there, they're going to die. If they go up against the Arameans, they're going to die. Here's what happens. They began to go into the camp. God had already made a way. They started to build for their future. They said, we got to go do something. We just can't sit here and do nothing. Now, I want you to know that the four lepers, they were as low as it gets. I want you to know that they didn't have anything. They were outcasts in society. They were the trash heap. Can I use that terminology? I don't like it, but that's what they were. 
They were outcasts in society. Nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted to care for them. Nobody even wanted to talk to them, didn't want to get near them. If your future is going to change, you're going to have to get up from where you're at. You're going to have to be like one of those four leopards. You're going to have to start getting up and say, hey, if I sit here, I'm going to die. If I don't do anything, I'm going to die. The least I can do is get up from where I'm at and start moving towards the things in my future and say, hey, I'm going to walk into the camp of the Arameans. He walked into the camp of the Arameans, and I'm telling you, they had some food. <laughs> they had a party. They had some time. They were, even, they were just chewing down on that chicken bone. I'm bringing it back to, you know, modern-day vernacular. You know, they're just chewing on that chicken bone. They was having some steaks. They was grilling it out. They had some baked potatoes in the oven. I know you all going to be hungry for some lunch. They had some baked potatoes in the oven. They began to start building for their future. But if they had stayed there, they were going to die. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to some of you here today. That if you stay where you're at, you're not going to move to your future. If you begin to start building here today, if you begin to start moving forward here today, if you just stay where you're at and you're not willing to make any changes, if you sit back and wait for God to do it all, you're going to miss your future. If you just sit back and say, oh, God, take this away from me. Start moving forward in the midst of it. God, you don't know how bad it's been. It's been tough. It's been really tough. But if you're going to build for your future, don't you think it was tough for the lepers? Don't you think they had it probably worse than anybody in this place has had it? And they said, you know what? We're going to get up from where we're at and we're going to do something. It's time to begin to build for your future. I believe some of you can feel God saying it's time to build a business. I believe some of you can say that they feel God it's time to build a ministry. I can believe some of you are beginning to hear from God, it's time to build a godly marriage. Some of you are hearing from God and you're saying, it's time to have a godly family. It's time for you to get up from where you're at. It's time for you to turn the TV off. It's time for you to start reading, start studying what it is that you want to do, where it is that you want to go. What is it that God has called you to do in the earth? Well, it's brain surgery. Well, if it's brain surgery, brother, then he's going to start leading you into it. Get the books. Go to school. Do you know what I'm saying? Begin to start moving forward in the things of your future. Well, I want to be a brain surgeon. Well, well you got to get off the couch, brother. But I'm, God's called me to have this great, big, huge ministry to speak to thousands. Well, you got to get off the couch, sister. You got to start reading the Word. You got to start praying. You got to start fasting. You got to start letting God connect you. Well, I'm supposed to have this business that I can hire all these heathens and then they can all get saved. Well, you better start studying the tax laws. You better start understanding how business works. You better know what it takes and the responsibility it is to have employees. Get off the couch, brother. Put the potato chips away. Are you with me? Now, I'm not opposed to, you know, sitting down and enjoying yourself and relaxing. There's a balance, though. There's a balance. What is it that you want to build? I believe it's time to start building today. I believe it's time to start building our future today. Jeremiah 29, 11, The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, 
but to give you hope and a future. Wow. God has a future for you. And church, my beloved brothers and sisters, we got to start building for our future. Where do you see yourself now? I'd love to just, okay, we're going to break down and come back after lunch and we're going we're to sit down and do some brainstorming. There's going to be times where we may do that. Everybody go get a potluck, something, come back to church, and we're going to start brainstorming. What it is that God's called you to the future? Oh, no. I guess I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to be a housewife. Nothing wrong with being a housewife. Be the best housewife you can be. Have a Bible study with your kids. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Sit down and, and pray for them and love on them and do the things that God has called you to do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what God's called you to do. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's wonderful being a domestic engineer. Well, you know what? My husband's working. I'd like to stay home. Well, you're going to have to make those sacrifices to stay home. Well, I've been called to a business. Then start studying about it. Look in the Word of God. Well, I've been called to be a prophet. We'll start prophesying. Start speaking to those things. Well, I'm a believer. Well, you're a believer. Then start calling those things that be not as though they were. Start building something. The Holy Spirit is dropping materials every day when you spend time with God. He's bringing in the lumber, and he's bringing in the nails, and he's bringing in the nail gun, and he's bringing in the brick, and he's bringing in the mortar, and he's bringing in the sand. He's bringing in the sheetrock, sheetrock screws. He's bringing in light fixtures. He's bringing all sorts of things, and he's dropping it, and he's saying, you build it. It's kind of like that, what was that movie? The Field of Dreams. Build it and they will. I'm telling you, you start building in your future, you start moving forward, things are going to start happening. And there is no demon in hell that can keep you from moving forward. When you make up your mind and say, hey, I'm moving forward. Hey, I'm going to start building today. And somebody says, hey, come on over. Let's spend spend 13 hours on Saturday playing video games. You say, you know what? I got two hours to play with you, and that's it. Because I'm going to spend the other 11 building for my future. I'm going to spend the other 11 putting something in me. I'm going to spend the other 11 getting a foundation and building on that foundation of God. Somebody shout, I'm a builder. You're a builder. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a builder. Come on, tell them you're a builder. You got to start building today. We got to start building today. We got to get out of the recliner. We got to get out of the rut. It may not be the TV. It could be the computer. You know, the computer is kind of like money. It can be good or it can be bad. The computer is kind of like a knife. It can be used to open wonderful gifts or it can be used to put it in your wife's back. What are we doing with our time? That's all I'm asking you. See, the Holy Spirit's the one that brings conviction. I'm not bringing it. If you're feeling convicted right now, convicted, not condemned. If you're feeling convicted right now, then say, okay, God, you're right. Where do we start? Some of you here today, I heard it, I heard it in the spiritual realm. You say, I do not even know where to start. Don't you? You've, yeah. If that's you, we're going to give you some direction. Not today. But I want you to start seeking God. I want you to start analyzing your gifts. Here's what I want you to do to start with. I want you to start writing down two things. Number one, the things that you like to do. 
If it's a business that you're starting, it should be something that you're going to like. Otherwise, you're going to get into it for about a year or two, and you're going to say, forget that. <laughs> that, was, that was not a God idea. That was a bad idea. So write down this, the things that you like. And number two, I want you to write down what you're good at. You guys are good at stuff. There's some of you who say, well, I can't build. I'm not a scientist like Jeremy is. I can't look at things in equations and understand them and process them like Jeremy can. I'm not a computer guy like Eli is, and, and he can take this and he can take that, and he knows how to network and do these, all these other things. That may not be you. But you know what? Some of you can talk an Eskimo into some ice. <laughs> Let me say that again. Some of you can talk an Eskimo into some ice. You need this ice, brother. <laughs> now, we know as believers you're not going to talk into anybody into anything that they need. But there are some things that we just don't know that we need. And God will take that gift that's in you, and he'll start stirring it up. He'll take that gift that's in you when you start moving forward for the things of God. So just understand and start to begin to analyze yourself. Know your strengths and know your weaknesses, and that's the reason I'm saying know what you like to do, and then number two, what you're good at. There are a lot of people that are good at something. Somebody may be a real good farmer, but you just don't like it. Then maybe that's not what you need to be doing. And you're spinning your wheels every day putting seed in the ground. Now, some of you love it, putting that seed in the ground and watching it grow and watching it and and then harvesting it. You've got to know your strengths. You've got to know your strengths. And that's what we want you to do is know your strengths. Say, I'm a builder. Every time the enemy comes up and tells you, you can't do this, you just say, I'm a builder. I'm a builder. I'm a climber and I'm a builder. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm building something today. I want you to start looking and see what you can build today. Some of you are building battle cry groups. Some of you got the vision, and you're saying, you know what? I already know who I'm going to invite. I already know who I'm going to talk to. I already know who I'm gonna, how I'm going to do it. All I got to do is push play and facilitate a group. I got three or four buddies that will get together, and we'll begin to start casting this vision and engaging them and them understanding of the hour that we're in. God's got a way. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose if you'll just start building him. Some of you may start building in one direction, one area, and God will bring something totally different to you, but he'll use the information that you've gathered and the revelation that you've got, those gifts and talents and those strengths to come forth in that, in that other area. It's amazing how God can prepare you one thing. I believe he prepared me for 13 years working, working with a drill instructor from Paris Island in the natural business world to be able to be a leader of a church. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be doing this here today. But I look back in the things that he prepared me for, Neil, years ago. I look back at the experiences, the storms that I went through, and I say, you know what? I can use it and relate it to today. Say, I'm a builder. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a builder. Your other neighbor, you're a builder. Sarah, come on up and let us, let's build something for you. Amen. I'm going to ask the ministry teams to come up and just gather around Sarah. We're going to pray for her.